You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, and welcome to the Break a Bat podcast, where baseball meets Broadway. An attempt to show that my two favorite mediums don't have to live in such separate worlds and maybe even break some stigmas. We're happy to have you with us. Now let's play ball. Hello and welcome to Break a Bat, where baseball meets Broadway and sports meets show business. I'm your host, Al Malafronte, coming at you for the Broadway Podcast Network. Tonight's going to be some show, as we're lucky enough to welcome someone who I consider to be one of the coolest and best Yankees of the early 1990s. I think in many ways, my guest tonight was a key cog in helping build the foundation for what became the Joe Torre dynasty, and did so at a time where a once-proud Broadway production needed it most. He embodied the new mentality that the organization began to shift to as far as uh, when they brought him over here to the Bronx Bomber, someone you could count on to get on base and hit the big home run when you needed it. He actually recorded the team's first 400 on base percentage of the decade in 1992. And in 1993, he recorded the first 3,100 for the team since 1987. In addition to all of his prowess as a big-time hitter, it's safe to say this is one of the coolest guys to ever don the pinstripes, like I said before, and cool to the point that he was asked to appear on Seinfeld not once but twice alongside George Costanza, a former Major League All-Star, slugging percentage champion, and the proud owner of 262 career home runs. If you'll please turn your attention to home plate, just beyond the marquee, now batting the bull, Danny Tartable. Danny, welcome, my man. Well, thank you so much. You're too kind, man. You, you're really pumping me up real good right now. But uh, I really appreciate it, and uh, I'm, I'm glad to be here on on this on your on your podcast, man. Danny, I'm so happy you're here too. I'm not sure if you knew this, but you have more home runs than any right-handed hitter who's ever stepped on to break a bat. So I think our podcast lineup just got a whole lot better with you being here, man. Hey, glad to be part of it, man. If I if if, if I'm part of the team, then I then I own it. I I'm, I'm glad to be here. Heck yeah, man! How's everything? Where are you joining us from tonight? Uh, California. I'm on Los Angeles, and uh, we've been out here, you know, twenty something years. And um, yeah, it's you know, I, I I miss going back to uh, to the East Coast to New York. My family lives out in in Florida, so but I I wanted to make it a point this year at some point to make it back to New York uh, and, and hopefully, hopefully catch a playoff game. Danny, be it the old stadium or the new stadium, when's the last time you stepped foot uh, in the Bronx? 
never been to the new stadium. Um, you know, obviously the last time I stepped on in say was the old stadium and that that's all gone now, but I hear that it's absolutely beautiful. It's I've heard it's different than the old stadium. Of course, it doesn't have the, the characteristics of the old stadium, but nonetheless, it's still a still beautiful stadium. But you're still paying attention to the Yankees. You and I were talking a little before the show. I certainly do. And sometimes I have to go get the Pepsi or something like that. Cause I, I gotta tell you, man, <laughs> it, it's, it's tough to see sometimes. So, but yes, I do. When I'm watching a game, it's, it's usually a Yankee game. Now, have you kept up with a lot of your Yankee teammates from when you played here? I spoke to Bernie Williams. Uh, oof, he's the last one I spoke to. It was, a, it was a long time ago. Uh, I haven't had a chance to speak to anybody else. I've been kind of in my own thing, doing my own thing out here in, in LA with my own business and so uh, I haven't had a, a lot of a lot of time to catch up with the, with with the guys, but uh, I hope to. I hope to. Well, good for you. What type of business are you in? What I do is I, I broker all kinds of commodity deals, um, whether it be uh, uh, rice or or flour, or a bit in large amounts, large companies, and I put the buyers and the sellers together and, and broker the deal. Uh, Semi precious stones. Uh, things of that nature, just constantly doing it. I'm in the sales business, so I'm always constantly moving around and, and doing it not only here, but doing it even before the pandemic, doing it internationally as well. Wow. Good for you, man. So when you retired, you didn't want to like stay in baseball. You wanted to distance yourself from a bit, I'm guessing. You know what? The kids were small. So I got into the whole thing about, you know, the kids were first and I wanted to be around them since I had not been around them, uh, a lot during the, during my career. And so I, I needed to do something that would allow me to stay nearby them. You know, um, my youngest, my, my youngest one graduated from Cal Berkeley, uh, just a couple of years ago. So I decided to go into the, in, in the world of sales. And that's, that's what, that's what I've been doing. Congratulations, man. And especially to your youngest who just graduated. Uh, that's such yeah, I'm, I'm looking to kind of get back into, into baseball, to be honest with you, because of the fact that, um, you know, we're empty nesters now, so they're, they're not around as much. I, we, and you know, my, my wife and I, we can move around a little bit more. So I'm looking to tr possibly get back into, into baseball. So we'll see how that goes more so from the front office side than on the field. Cause I don't think, I, I don't think I could take the field <laughs> too much or, or watch a guy play a shift on the other side of the base and you not being able to hit the ball to left field or right. Field. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't handle that. But, um, but from the front office side, I, I'd probably be, be interested. You know, what's interesting when the Yankees brought you over here in the early nineties, a large part of it was due to that whole new wave of analytics that, and I'm not talking about the stuff on fan graphs. I'm talking about the high on base percentage guy, the guy who could bop the ball out of the ballpark. Uh, in some ways, I think that someone like you kind of paved the way for that whole mentality that the Yankees had going into the late 90s, 90s, trying to bring in guys like that, like a Chili Davis right. and, you know, Paul O'Neill right after you got here. So exactly. it's pretty interesting because you kind of saw it from the ground up. You know, it's, it's to me, I've always been that guy that, you know, I always want to check in all the boxes, try, try to check in all the boxes. Obviously, you can't do it every year all the time. But um, the whole analytic world, I mean, I, I there's a, there's good to it. And then there's stuff that I just don't agree with it. Um, I can't have a guy hitting 198 with 25 home runs and, and 60 RBIs and think that he's in my, he's going to be my starting player. But there's there, there are there are organizations that that they'll that's okay with them. I mean, when I played, you couldn't do it. You just try to check in all the boxes and try to be as solid as you as you as you possibly can. 
Now, you were coming off your best season in 91 when the Yankees pursued you as a free agent. You had that high slugging percentage that we love to see. You hit over 300, which is kind of a lost mm-hmm. art nowadays. Um, mm-hmm. What were those negotiations like? Do you feel like you had a lot of leverage? And was there something about New York that made you want to come play here? I've been, to be honest with you, I was, I've been a closet Yankee fan all my life. I mean, I grew up in, in, my, in Miami, Florida. The only games that you see in Miami are generally just Yankee games. I grew up, you know, watching Reggie and Thurman Munson, and th- those were the guys that I, I'd watch. And my father, being a Red Sox, I really wanted to be a Yankee then because <laughs> I wanted to make sure I wanted to stick it to him. You know what I mean? And I still do, even till even the, even today. But um, the negotiation parts um, was it was tough because you, when you're dealing with Stein, uh, Steinbrenner, it's no joke. I, I was very very lucky to have a very good team behind me um, to negotiate, but it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy at all because obviously. You know, a player wants a certain amount. The team wants a certain amount. Um, once we got together and decided that we were in agreement, I mean, it was it was it was heaven. I mean, it was to me, it was it was perfect for me because again, I, I wanted to be a Yankee all my life. My my dad is my hero, and he, but he's a Red Sox. I don't want to be a Red Sox. So I said, <laughs> I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make sure that I'm a Yankee. <laughs> I love that, man. And, you know, when you got here, the team was so awful. So the fact that you, you know, you prioritized your rivalry with your dad over, you know, the best interest of winning, I I, I give you a lot of props on that front. (laughs) You know, we we had a lot of, we had a, you know, we, we didn't, we didn't win anything, but we had good, I mean, Paul O'Neill was on the team and and Donnie, Donnie, Donnie led the way. And, you know, we had, we had good players on the team um, that I felt like, you know what, if we could all put it together, um, we would, would we'd make some noise. And, and it's just unfortunately that we, we didn't do what we needed to do because there were other teams like Toronto Blue Jays that were better than us. And, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the A's were better than us. And, and so, um, you know, I, I, going in, I felt like we could actually, if we came together and played like we should, that we would, we'd make some noise. And we did. It just wasn't loud. It wasn't loud enough. Well, the thing is, though, back when you played, there was no wild card. That 93 team, for no. example, might have had an opportunity to go deep into the postseason because you guys had the talent. You had a huge year. Paulie had a good yep. year. Mattingly was pretty good that season. Um, so people, people forget, people forget in 1994, we were leading the entire, we we're leading our division completely by eight games. Nobody was even, nobody was even coming close to us. And then we had to strike. So, I mean, you know, things like that that happened that you kind of look back and say, man, what what could have, you know, we, what, what, if we were just would have played, what would have happened? But we, we were killing everybody in 94. So when you look back on it now, you think that team had what it took to go all the way? Without a doubt. You know, the biggest thing that we had is that we really cared for each other. We really want, we really loved each other as, as, as men and as ball players, and, and, we, and it showed on the field. Aside from the talent part, it showed on the field that we really cared for each other, and we gelled. We 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 all got along, and we all got along. What was it like playing with Wade Boggs? I heard he's a pretty superstitious guy. Chicken man, <laughs> <laughs> chicken man. Yeah. Well, you know what? What you hear is true. Uh, great guy. Um, you know, unbelievable talent, skill wise. Probably, you know, I I was very very fortunate to to hit, to, to hit and play with guys. Like Don Mattingly, like Wade Boggs, like George Brett, like uh, Frank Thomas. So I got I got a chance to really see these guys hit. Boggsy was he was like a like a surgeon. He 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 was like a surgeon. Other guys were just straight up ability, and you know they can hit. Frank Frank Thomas can just flat out hit. You know, and and so and so is Donnie, and, and so does George George Brett. But 
uh, chicken man, he could actually, he was a surgeon up at that plate. And it was a pleasure to, to be on the same team watching him hit every day. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. But he was, by the way, he, he was very superstitious. And what you hear about the chicken is, is true. <laughs> and I always find it fascinating. He's Italian and Irish, and he would always draw a Hebrew symbol into the batter's box. Go figure, right? Yep, yep. yep. <laughs> hey, it Imagine worked out pretty huh? well, right? He hit 328. Hey, <laughs> it, it worked out really well for him. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, Danny, I want to tell you something. I'm not just saying this because you agreed to come on the show, but 92, 93, even 94, you were legitimately one of the best hitters on the team during those seasons. Um, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, you had Mattingly here who was obviously super popular, but when you're having that type of success on the biggest stage on the planet, are you living the life of a rock star off the field when it comes to the light, nightlife in New York City? Well, as far as nightlife is concerned, at that time, you know, I'm, I'm married and so I can't really I can't really go out and do the, the night nightlife stuff. But was I a rock star feeling like a rock star? Yeah, because New York does that to you. New York's, you know, if you're doing really, really, really good, they'll lift you up and higher than anybody else. If you're not doing so good, you're going to hear about it. But when you're doing really well, there's no better place in, in the world to play than in New York. And it, and it was my way of being the rock star, not the, you know, I wasn't single and out there you know, doing all that crazy stuff. But uh, um, maybe I wish I would have, but I, I, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's also interesting is when you first got here, the boss wasn't around as much. He was coming off of that suspension and whatnot. Um, what were your interactions like with him? You know what? He was very demanding, man. I mean, it didn't matter. Like, you know, you mentioned some of these years that I had. Uh, it wasn't It wasn't good enough for him. It was, you know, it wasn't, if you had 30 home runs and drove in 100, it, he was still tough on you. Um, and, and, and for some guys, maybe that works for some guys, it doesn't, um, to me, I kind of brushed it off because, you know, I, I was doing what I, what I, what I was always doing, you know, driving in runs and hitting home runs. And, um, but it, it was, it was at times difficult because he wanted more than what you, than what you're capable of actually uh, doing. Well, far more. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that guy that pushes you to, to be the best that you can, but sometimes it got, it got kind of, kind of out of hand. Yeah, yeah, he did the same thing to Donnie, though. Yeah, the difference is with Donnie is Donnie. You know, he he was he, he was a he was a product of the Yankees, and Donnie had had some incredible years. So sometimes he got a hall pass here and there, but he would he would do that to everybody. He would do he was tough on everybody, especially managers, especially the managers. Yeah, oh, I'm sure I can't even imagine what Buck had to deal with. He had to, he had to endure a lot if, on a daily basis. Would would George rip you through the press, or would he ever do it to your face? Did he have the guts? No, he he would do it through the, through the press. You know, you, you'd find your you'd find your face in the back page of the uh, of the news, and 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 so you know that's kind of his way of doing things, and that's what that's 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 what worked for him in the past. And for some, like I said, for some guys it works. For some guys, you have to brush it off. But th- that's what he would do. He would. He wouldn't tell you to your face or he would, t- he would tell Buck and then Buck would come over and, and, and talk to me or talk to another player. Um, but it was rarely just let's sit down and discuss things. It was rarely that. Yeah. It was rarely that. He would do it to the news. He would do it to the media or, or through your manager. Now I would have preferred, I would have preferred for him to just, let's say, if you have a problem with me, just come sit down and let's, let's, let's talk about it. But that wasn't the case. And it was like that your whole tenure here. Yeah. Exactly. The whole time. And it didn't matter. Like I said, didn't matter whether you were doing good or great. It should be better than great 
or if you weren't doing good at all, you'd, you'd, you'd hear about it. Trust me. Did, do you feel like that type of pressure or undue pressure, I should say, impacted the way you played? Because you had some great seasons, but was it ever tough to brush it off? Um, sometimes it was it was tough because, I mean, obviously, if you have somebody, you know, in your face all the time, not, uh, you know, not approving of what you're doing on the field, everybody's going to feel a little bit, you know, hey, you know what, what am, what am I supposed to do here? You know what I mean? I, I'm a team player. I'm playing, I'm playing at, at the highest level. Uh, you know, we're doing well. And if still it's not good enough, you know, you kind of have to throw your hands up and say, okay, let's, let's, you know, stay focused, you know, stay true to the course and keep playing. That's, and, and it makes it, it makes it more difficult because if you're doing it through the, through the media, then the media has to come over to you and find, you find yourself in front of your locker room with, you know, 12, 12, 15 guys asking me questions that the boss would say. Was it tough for you to adjust to that part of it? You know, coming from Kansas City, that whole the, the the whole media landscape in New York is obviously unlike any other city. Did you embrace it? I I did. It took me a while. It took me a while to get used to having to talk to media every single day, multiple times, whether you're either in a batting cage or whether you're in in the locker uh, or after a game. Um, obviously, in Kansas City, you had that, but not to that extent. But it, it, at the beginning, it was kind of overwhelming to be honest with you. But then after a while, you just kind of, you just kind of get used to it because you get it. You got, you have it every day, whether you're on the road or whether you're at home, it doesn't The Yankees don't, they don't have a, a way because Yankee fans show up in Baltimore and they show up in New York and they show up in Oakland and they show up every in Texas. So we have we that's the way we travel. And that it took me a while to get used to that. But you know, after a while you get used to it. That first year was kind of, uh, kind of daunting. Overall, and there was a lot of, there was a lot of, there was a lot of, um, I want to call it a lot of circusing going on, but with, with meaning like, you know, when George would show up in the helicopter and he'd land in the middle of the center field and it was all this, you know, it, it was a lot of circusing. I call it circusing because it was a lot of circus stuff. Did he do that during batting practice? When did this happen? We were in spring training and we were playing against the Mets. And it was the Yankee Met thing in spring training. Mind you, I'm going to repeat, spring training, okay? <laughs> and uh, big old helicopter comes in, props him. I come, coming down, I didn't know who it was. Come down in the middle of center field, but right before the game, and, and out comes George. I go, and when I go, what in the world is going on? What is happening here? And it was George making an entrance. And then that's, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, you got, you got, you got used to after a while. But I mean, mind you, I didn't, we didn't have any of the Kaufmans in Kansas City come in in a, in a in a helicopter, land in the middle of the field in a spring training game. But you know, that's that was his style, that was his thing, and he wanted to make a big entrance, and that was the beginning of my word circusing. And um, <laughs> that's how it is. That's, this is a circus, man. <laughs> do you think that Larry David's uh, depiction of him on Seinfeld was pretty accurate? Then, <laughs> I do, yes, I do. Th I do think so. Larry's very talented that way, and I think he did a heck of a job. Was was it Larry who came to you to do Seinfeld? Uh, Larry came to my agent, and um, and my agent then spoke to the team, and then that's how we we got it together. But yeah, he he went he went to my agent. Wow! Now, now I'm just going to tell you this, and I'm not trying to pedge your ego too much, Danny. But you look like oh, you're a doing a great job. There. Don't stop! Don't stop now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, dude, you look like a natural out there. I don't know if you had any acting experience, like in high school or something. But how'd you pull that off? You know what? They, guidance, guidance. Uh, Jason Alexander. Um, you know, the, even even Jerry himself. Just guidance. They they were so like professional. 
that it, I couldn't screw it up. That, that they're so good that I couldn't screw it up. That's how good they are. And um, it, it was just guidance. It was just them just walking me through the whole thing. And and it was it, it was a lot of fun. We had we had as much fun on on the set as we were as we were off. So was it like take after take after take type of thing, and they kind of walked you through it, or was it like you know going into it when you agreed to do the show where they sat down and talked to you or something like that? Well, you first have to have the table read. So they ask you to come in at a table, do a table read, and then everybody's there, and you're going through your lines and this and that and the other. And then after the table read, then you're you're asked to come in. Um, and I remember coming in. It was it was it was we we filmed it here in, in, in Burbank. Um, and I remember coming in with my family and, um, it was around five o'clock, four or five o'clock. And I didn't tape until about nine. So during, during that time, they have you, you know, in, in, in one of those uh, camper things and, or, or you're able to eat at the craft service. So it's just, they just bring you in when you're, when they're ready to, to actual film. You don't just film it and then take, take off. you you have to come in when they're ready, ready for you. So it took a little time, but it, I was having fun, you know, even before that. That is so epic. Did you used to see, like, you know, from those two episodes that were in, we're like, what What was that whole process like? I mean, that's the number one sitcom in television history, not just of 90, yeah. 1994, 1995. Yeah. Like, was it, like, was it surreal to be on a set like that? Uh, it was because obviously, you know, I had seen a couple of them. Obviously, didn't see a whole lot of them. But I saw a couple of them and you know, here I am, you know, on studio with, with Jerry Seinfeld and everybody else. And I'm going, this was surreal. It was very surreal. But as, as I said before, they, these guys are s- such pros that, uh, you, you, you can nobody could screw it up. They, 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 Larry David was so awesome. So patient that, um, you know, you just couldn't screw it up. That's how good these guys are. What was your favorite scene that you got to shoot? Um, probably the one that everybody gives me the most flack about about cutting cutting the donut with with the fork and knife because the, the the one that I did with polyester by the way the one that I did in polyester I didn't do it here I did it in Anaheim in the clubhouse in Anaheim so um I think that was the probably the best one when the guy holds up his finger and and he's got a broken middle finger and he's and he's flipping you know flipping out flipping us off I think those are the two favorite my favorites <laughs> now these days do a lot of people recognize you strictly from Seinfeld so, sometimes they do yeah they do yeah, not all the time, but sometimes they do. I go, I've seen you before, that kind of a thing. And that has nothing to do with baseball. I've seen you before. You were on that <laughs> television show. <laughs> go, Thank you. Thanks. I, I, I'm going to apologize from the from the beginning. I'm going to from the start. I'm going to apologize. But uh, yeah, yeah, it, lots of times. My 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 wife always looks at it. And she goes, she just shrugs. She kind of just shrugs her head and goes like that. Yeah, no way. <laughs> You're a celebrity, man. No, 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 no. Used to be. <laughs> Used to- <laughs> now, how about when you come to New York? What do, aside from Seinfeld, what do people like look back most fondly on you? Or what which like moment on the field do they like to bring up? Now they now there's different. The New Yorkers, that's why New Yorkers are different. New Yorkers don't they'll they know about the Seinfeld, they don't want to talk about it. they want to talk about the baseball part. And that's and that's you know, when you go to a restaurant. Or when you're, you know, you're in a, in a store somewhere, they want to talk. They want to talk about. I remember, I, I took my my father took me to my first Yankee game, and you hit a home run, and it was that you know straightaway center into the black. Uh, or you know, you drove in a, a game winning RBI when when I took my first my son to it's it's first uh, uh, baseball game, or it's always like a moment momentous uh, situation, like first game or a birthday or something like that. 
they remember that, and that's what that, that's what makes Yankee, Yankee fans so special. That once you're a Yankee, that's as the saying goes, you're always a Yankee. Now, if you had to pick one game that you played in here, which was your favorite? Uh, in the in the stadium, or as a well, or wearing the Yankee uniform. Let's do in the stadium. In the stadium. Well, that's a tough one. Not, not to say that there was too many for me to remember or anything like that. It's a, it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, I'll, I'll tell. And it didn't have nothing to do with me. One of the most memorable one games that I that I was um, that I was part of. I didn't even play that day. Was watching. Um, oh my god! Um, it was a no hitter. It was no Jim hitter. Abbott. By Jim Abbott. It was Jim Abbott. And it had nothing to do with me. That to me was, I think about it now and it actually, my, my eyes well up a little bit because all of the struggles, everything that he had to go up against, I think probably that, that's probably the more, most memorable one for me. Uh, me personally, I would probably be in a Yankee uniform, not in a Yankee stadium, probably be the one, the game that I had, I had nine RBIs in, in, in one game against the, uh, against the uh, Orioles. And I still had it at bat left. <laughs> That is absolutely epic. Did you save like your own memorabilia from that game? I feel like if if I'm you, if I have the best game of my life, I'm saving the jersey, I'm saving the bat, I'm never wearing it again. I'm putting it on display in my living room. Like I look anytime I need a little pick me up, I look up, look at that, look at that bat. That bat drove in nine RBIs a few years ago. Like, did you keep all that stuff? I keep all that stuff, but Teresa will kill me if I put that stuff on the wall. <laughs> You're not as petty as me. Hey, take that crap off the wall, man. <laughs> Their playing days are over. Let's leave that stuff in, the, in in storage, okay? We'll bring it out, you know, at some time. But no, I, I still have, I still have, yeah, the, the bat that I used for that game. I still have the jersey that I used on that game. Um, the very next day, um, the actual uh, clipping, I mean, all that stuff for that for that. That is as a Yankee there. Um, I wish it would have been more. I wish it would have been playoff time for me. I'd have traded all of that stuff for, you know, playing up my first playoff game in Yankee Stadium. That would have been that would have been it for me. That would have been so, so super special. Now, I mean, you were here for the start of '95, but when you got traded, you mm-hmm. were happy about it. I mean, I know that you had a lot of differences with the boss uh, during was, that period. It, it was tough, man. He was. It was. It, it started to wear on me, and like you know, constantly, constantly. It had nothing to do with my teammates. I, I loved my teammates. It had nothing to do with Buck. It had nothing to do. It was just constant. And then it, then he took to the back pages of the of, of the newspaper, and it was that constant thing. And then the fans got involved with it. And so when I saw what when I saw early on uh, when Giancarlo Stanton came over and they started booing him because obviously he's a stud and he's still a stud. They started booing him. I, I'm going. I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. But you know. You, you have to keep going. Uh, heck, Derek Jeter got booed at one point. So you know, it's just it comes with the comes with the territory. But I, yeah, I was at that time. I was for that moment. I had had enough, and it was time. It was time to go. Now, Danny, there's a lot of Broadway performers that struggle with the idea that there are certain roles they can't just go out for due to father time. Not long after you left the Yankees. Uh, you decided to retire, um, mm-hmm. and you had a great 1996 with Chicago. Mm-hmm. How tough was it for you to take that uniform off, especially coming off such a great year for you personally? It, it was tough, but once again, I it, I, ha- I had to make a decision. I had been worn so much in New York that when I went on to Chicago, had a great year, 
And um, the following year, I break my foot on opening day um, on with a foul ball. And it, it just never, never healed, uh, never healed correctly. And I said, listen, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm happy with it. My kids are starting to grow. They're starting to, they're starting to go to school now. Um, and I started getting into that. I think the time that I had off when I broke my foot and I start, I was being dad more so than the player. I think I, I really kind of, kind of fell into that. You know, I really want to be dad. I really want to just, you know, be around more. And, um, and I think that's when I made the decision that I said, okay, that's, that's, that's enough. I mean, I've, 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 uh, I started to lose the, 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 not the love for it, but, but the passion. I started to lose the passion uh, to the game. And when you do, when you do that, then it's time to go. Now, Danny, regardless of how it ended in New York, you had a phenomenal career. Folks would kill to have the type of success you have. When you look back on it, what do you want your legacy to be as far as your playing career goes? And what are you most proud of? That I was, a, that I was, a, that I was a great teammate. Number one. I want to be. I want to be known because I, I I made it a point to be a, a great teammate, um, a great teammate, and that and 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 on the field that I, you could always count on me. Um, as far as you know, if 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 things got tight and you needed to have somebody, I, I was always. I, I want to be remembered as the guy who was who was clutch, and um, and I and I did I did that a lot, and I and I think that's that's probably my legacy. A, a clutch player. He was he was clutch, played hard, and it was a great teammate. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now, I know your kids are getting a little bit older now, but, um, you know, as far as like, you know, the the way that front offices have adjusted their way of thinking and their mindsets, do you see yourself clashing with this new wave of analytic nerds? Yes. If you were to get back into baseball, <laughs> you would clash with them. <laughs> Without a doubt. I, 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 it would have to be kind of a scenario like, like what Tony Larusa has in in Chicago. Which, by the way, he he he's up for Manager of the Year. Um, yeah. Where he's he you know he kind of meshes in that the the new the new way of playing, but he still has the old way. I mean, watching sometimes watching these games and you're playing a shift, and the shortstop's playing on, on the other side of second on, on other side of second base. The second base is playing in in short right field, and, and you're going and you can't hit the ball that way. What analytics tells me that I can't do that? You should be able. You're a major league player. You should be. You should be able to do that all day long, and um, and 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 they hit right into it. They hit right into the shift. And I'm going. This is a new way of playing the game, man. And it's all. It's all or nothing. You know. You're zero and two. You're swinging at it like if it was three zero. Um, it's and it's you can't. That's nothing. I can't. I'll never get used to that because that's not. That's not the way our our forefathers played. That's not the way I grew up playing. 
Um, and, and I still see a lot of guys that do it the right way. I like the way, I like the way, uh, DJ LeMay who plays his game. He has, he, but it shows he, he knows how to play the game. Um, and so there are other players that, that, that are out there, you know, that are, that are play the game the way it's, it's supposed to, but, um, I, I would clash for sure. Who, who's a hitter that reminds you of Danny Tartable that's playing the game right now? A guy that reminds me of me hitting that's playing right now. Yeah. Or in recent years, it, it could be anyone within, you know, let's say within the past decade of retirement. You know, I, I, I like to see a little bit of, of me with and Ronald Acuna. And I'll tell you why. Not the speed and not the, not the way, you know, because he'll, he'll hit the ball to right field all day long. He'll pull the ball and hit the ball down, down left field line. Hitting-wise, he has the power. He, he has definitely the power that I, you kind of say, you can pair it with me. You know, I, I, I think that he's one of these only guy that I can see that, you know, all these other guys are beasts. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero, I can't do it. He's, he's like his dad. He's, he's a beast. Um, but yeah, I would say Ronald Acuna is probably the only one because he, he hits the ball the other way effectively. And I used to do that effectively, hit the ball to right field effectively, pull it every now and then, go to center field every now and then. Um, as far as hitting is concerned, as far as a, a player is concerned, uh, he's, 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 a, he's a much better player than I was as far as speed and defense and all that stuff. I love to hear how that's what you pay attention to, being such mm-hmm. a great hitter yourself. Those, those guys that have the ability to go the other way, like a Lemayhu, like an Acuna. That's that. It's kind of like a lost art nowadays. It is. I, I would be shocked if there's going to be more than 15, 300 hitters in all of Major League Baseball this year. Back when you played, you had Ooh. to hit 320 to finish top five. Yeah, absolutely. If you're hitting, if you're hitting 305 or three, three, you weren't even in the top ten. You, you weren't even close to top ten. Um, Heck, there were times. There were times where we had on teams that we had two or three guys in, you know, over 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 three ten, three fifteen, you know. So and now you can barely find one. So the game has changed in a way that it's changed. Um, uh, I, I don't I don't approve of a lot of the things that 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 you know, that's uh, being done. But you know, who's to say? I'm I'm still a fan though. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Danny. And I mean, I think of you so fondly for your time here in New York, and I'm sure a lot of folks at home would like to get to know you a little better. So there's a segment that we do here on Break a Bat, Danny. We call it Fastball Derby. Um, I take it you're pretty familiar with Aroldis Chapman, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, the reliever. He he can throw, he can pitch. Fastest throwing man ever. I want you to think of me as Aroldis Chapman without okay. the tattoos on my neck or a 105 <laughs> mile an hour fastball. Okay. But uh, put yourself back in the batter's box. I'm going to ask you a question. You tell me what comes to mind. How does that sound? Sounds good. Let's do it. Favorite New York City meal. Oh, my goodness. There's, there's a lot of them. Um, it would have to be it would it would have to be Italian. It would have to be. um Oh my goodness! What's the name of that place? I'll come back to that one. Hit me with the next one. What foods do you dislike? <laughs> um, I'm not much of an Indian. I don't eat much Indian food. Um, I know it's, it's delicious, but I don't eat much Indian food. But um, Cuban food. I'm, I'm Cuban, so I Cuban food. Um, and I used to always eat cuchifritos in in um, right there in, in Harlem. Um, and they used to bring cuchifritos to the ballpark. Uh, George didn't like it because it's, it's, it was fattening, but. <laughs> What can I say about that? He, he caught me one time eating a, 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 a fried pork chop, and um, he says that's not that's not very nutritious. I said, "Well, kind of for me it is right now." <laughs> once, we, 
watch me eat this. I had rice and beans and bananas, fried bananas. So Cuchi Fritos. So shout out to Cuchi Fritos. So that's your fa- so that's gonna be your favorite New York City meal, and is the least favorite uh, food you don't like Indian food? Is that is that it, what I'm hearing? Yeah, we don't eat a lot. I don't eat a lot of Indian food, no. But Italian, I love the Italian food, though. Got to tell you, love Italian food. Nice. Next time you're back in town, you're gonna take me to one of your Cuban spots. I'll take you to one of my Italian spots. Sounds that's good. A- that's that's a deal. That's a bet. That's a bet. Danny, you could be the lead in one Broadway show. What would it be? Lead in Broadway show, uh, Alexander Hamilton. Did you watch the movie, or did you I actually did. go to see it on Broadway? No, I watched, the, I watched the movie, Alexander Hamilton. What was your favorite show that you got to see while you were in the city? I saw all of them because <laughs> I'm a, I'm a I, that's one thing that I used to do when I was in New York. Day off was going to Broadway, so I I saw all of them. It, it, name them, and I saw them. I mean, I saw I saw Cats. I I saw uh, all of them. Fiddler on the Roof. I saw um, Les Misérables. I I've, I've seen them all. What's your favorite show tune? Well, out of all the Broadway shows that you saw, does is there a certain uh of all out of all the shows that you saw, is there a certain song that stands out more than the Rent. others? Or a certain Rent. Any, all the Seasons of Love Rent. guy? Seasons of Love, yep. That's it. Oh, that's a great one. Yep. That is I saw, absolutely I saw, I saw Phantom of the Opera. I see I've seen them, I've seen them all. Because what we used to do, and you used to go 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 to the Broadway and see, see them all. But Rent is my that's my one one of my favorites of all time. Were you like a Saturday night show guy after a day game or strictly on the off days? Um, it depends. It depended um, mostly on the day off. But, you know, I, I have been known to go after a game um, and, and with teammates, too. You know, go, go to and catch a show with teammates. All right. Then I, that'll lead me to my next question. Uh, which of your teammates enjoyed Broadway the most? <laughs> Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I said Donnie. Donnie enjoys Broadway. I said Don- Donnie would enjoy, enjoy enjoyed the Broadway the most. And also, Donnie was the, always the one uh, would always give me the insights to where to go eat. You know, whether it be in spring training or whether it be um, you know at in New York in the city, he he knew he knew them all. And so he was. I always went to him. Most amazing thing that you ever witnessed on a Broadway stage. Most amazing thing that I ever saw on a Broadway stage. What's the name of? I'm trying to remember the name of the um, the Broadway show with the with the, the a war horse. So that night is what stands out. The wow, because you see this enormous contraption coming onto the on, on the stage, and it was it was like it was mind boggling. War horse. Great answer. How about your favorite show that you've seen since you left New York uh, as a Yankee, in, as in retirement, let's say? Uh, you said Broadway show? Is it a Broadway show? Yeah, Broadway show. Uh, um, since I retired, I saw. I, I, I have to say, I saw. Well, I went, went with, my, with my kids. I went to go see Wicked, and I and I I enjoyed Wicked, and it was it was pretty cool. That's probably the most exciting one that I've seen since I've since I've retired. Outside of wanting to go see Alex, I wanted to go see Hamilton, but obviously you know what happened. So, you know, we're in a pandemic, and that's that put a kibosh in it. Well, this September, that means that's when you're going to come back to New York. You and I are going to grab some Cuban food. We're going to go see Hamilton because I haven't gotten to see it in person either. But I will tell you, Wicked is one of the few shows that I've seen more than once. I'm always down to see that one. Really. 
That's Heck surprising. Yeah, man. That's surprising. I, dude, That's awesome. Handful of shows, and that one is always up there for me. First time was in eighth grade, and saw it as recently as age twenty-seven. So go yeah. figure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was probably like my last one right there. But Hamilton's definitely. But we'll we'll have to come up to to catch a playoff game. Heck yeah! Oh, absolutely, man, dude. Do you know how nuts the Yankee fans would go for you if you came back here? I, I would love to. I would love. I'd love to come back, man. I'd love to. I would love to come back. I've always loved New York. Always, always will. All right. How about this one? Toughest pitcher you ever had to face. Okay, so you're going to think that I'm going to call, I'm going to say Roger Clemens or Randy Johnson or anybody like that, or Mike Messina or somebody. My, Jamie Moyer. Jamie, Lefty pitcher. This is shocking to hear. Jamie Moyer had my number, and it was all that slow stuff and, the, and all that breaking ball stuff. Jamie Moyer, which he played forever, um, was the toughest guy from it wasn't Roger, it wasn't Randy Johnson, it wasn't any of those guys. Um, it was Jamie Moyer, believe it or not. He was always tough guy... on me. Wow. Who's the guy you owned? You want a list? <laughs> <laughs> you owned a lot of them. You gotta if you could if you could face one guy right now in their prime. How about a guy like in their prime who you owned? I like Rocket. I, I did. I, I enjoyed hitting off Rocket. I, I, I like Clemens because he, Cle, Clemens was always going to come at you. You know, it was kind of uh, mano a mano. You're going to beat me with. I'm going to beat you with my best, and you're going to either you're going to stand up to the challenge or not. So I, I would have to say it, it, it was Roger. That's probably the one that because I. Danny, knew what I'm he, imagining right now you as Alexander Hamilton and Roger Clemens as Aaron Burr. The way that you talk about, the way you two used to battle, I'm ex imagining that on stage right now if we're going to do a little baseball meets Broadway parallel. That's, that's a good analogy right there because that's probably what you'd have. That's a, that's a very <laughs> good analogy. Uh, you know, I, 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 faced, I faced Roger the day that he had... I was with the Mariners at the time. I, I, was, I was faced Roger with the day that he set the American League record for strikeouts that night. You, you know that, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I was, I, that was uh, uh, ninety. No, it was that 86? 86. 86. 86. He was he was on. He was on. I, he was on like I've never seen any other pitcher be on. But you owned him otherwise outside of that one night. I got it. I, he got me once, and I got it. And I actually got it. I got a hit off of him. Yeah, that, that same day. Um, Says a lot. Yeah, he's he's probably the guy that that I'd love to uh, that I'd, I'd love to face if I had to face one guy. And uh, we use this one to wrap every show. But Danny, what's the best piece of advice anyone ever gave you? It was it came from my dad. I'll, I'll remember. I remember um, I was I was in minor leagues and I wasn't. Uh, I was pretty much homesick. And I'll, and I took it. I took that all the way up to the big leagues with me. He said, "If you're gonna if you're gonna go ahead and 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 put on the uniform, then, then do the uniform with respect. Play hard and 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 be and play the best. If because if you're not going to do that." Don't go out there and embarrass yourself. And I, and that's that's that hardworking kind of mentality that I took from the minor leagues all the way up. And and even till today, whatever I do, I remember that 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 piece of advice. If you're gonna go do something, do it right or don't do it at all. Just don't do it. Danny, it served you really well, man. And you had one hell of a baseball career, and you're a super cool dude. I'm like so Thank happy you. that I got the chance to talk with you tonight, my man. It's my pleasure, man. Anytime. It's my pleasure. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself.
Well, when we're on the other end of this thing and you come up to New York, you're going to have to let me know. We'll, uh, we're going to tear up a playoff game and a Broadway show. We just got to get the Yankees back on track for that to happen. We do, man. <laughs> we, we, need to, we, need to, we need to shake them up a little bit. We need to shake them up a little bit. But, uh, you know, they, they have the talent. It's just a matter of them putting it all together. And I hope they do. I really hope they do. Man, I'm right there with you, my man. And uh, thank you so much again for coming on the show tonight. My pleasure. My pleasure, Al. And let's, you know what? Let's, like I said, we'll, 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 see, we'll see each other again. Absolutely, my friend. And uh, thank you so much to all the folks at home who tuned in to Break a Bat tonight. This is Al Malafrante signing off from the Broadway Podcast Network. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Break a Bat. This is produced by the fine folks at the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit and subscribe at bpn.fm slash breakabat. You can find me online at break underscore a underscore bat underscore podcast. And you can also find the Broadway Podcast Network on Instagram at Broadway Podcast Network. It's been so great having you here with us today, and we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.